Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Yep, we're still here. January's still, still going strong, 2021. I have zero zany banter. Like, I have nothing to talk about. Yeah, I... I don't really have much, but that's not usual. That's, I mean, nothing unusual. I'm usually the, I mean, you said you like the podcast better when I don't talk, so. <laughs> I don't like it when you go, when I- you go off script, okay? That's when you start <laughs> making these questionable choices about what you should be saying. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have to apologize for this later. Um, this is going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, we don't usually get that bad. I mean, I say dumb stuff, but it's usually apologies that are jokes i think because i don't really say itself it's offensive i i suppose that's true but <laughs> it, it sort of embarrasses me that you're saying these dumb things that's true so yeah i might have to apologize to you but at least i don't have to apologize to like groups of people or something right right that's true we are not out there slandering entire people groups we care about all the peoples yep that's true all the peoples are cool peoples like meeples Yep. What happened to that shirt that used to have that said meeples are my kind of people? I think it got too small and it's like a, a tankini now or something <laughs> like that. I don't think you know what the word tankini means. I really don't. But it sounded like like it's some like it was right, I don't know. No, I think you mean like crop top is what you mean. Yes, crop top. That's right. That's my word. That's my word. You're right. <laughs> and I don't think the shirt magically shrunk. But okay. The shirt shrunk okay i'm the exact same size as i was yesterday so the shirt <laughs> is small i haven't seen that shirt around for probably a couple years now that i think about it <laughs> although it could be buried in the bottom of your drawer because as we previously discussed you only take the shirts that are on the top no i do remember i like when we got rid of a bunch of clothes that was one of them i got rid of hmm. so clothes go to the bottom of your drawer and they magically get smaller and then they have to be moved on that is correct yes to the great clothing beyond. Yep, that's what I do. All right. This is, I, I don't know if I'm just tired or what, but... <sighs> I did eat some orange slices. I didn't have any dairy, though. I did eat some orange slices. Or, <laughs> orange slices, but they hadn't quite got hard enough yet. But I did find them at a Speedway. But it wasn't enough sugar. Sugar doesn't do anything. We just probably had not done anything exciting today to talk about so we can just uh move on to news if you want i mean i feel like we i did exciting stuff today but nobody cares about it (laughs) like why would i bring it up on the podcast to be fair i don't know why anyone cares to listen to us ramble on for an hour each week but apparently some people do and like you guys are the true heroes right there (laughs) yeah i mean if i had to listen to us i'd probably shut us off after like 25 seconds or so i know i mean i zone out all the time when you're talking so I mean, not just not just on the podcast in real life. <laughs> yes, too. yes, exactly what I mean. Both on the podcast <laughs> and in real life. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine listening to an hour's worth of both of us <laughs> talking. Sometimes I zone out when I'm talking. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, we have like a like pre news news. Oh, yeah, we do. I forgot. I'm looking right at the outline, and I forgot. Good job. Um, Glad we have that there. So, going on for one more week is the Abomination, the Era Frankenstein giveaway. And it's one more week by the time this episode drops. So, if you're listening to this in the future, contest is over. Sorry. But <laughs> well, it depends on how far running. in the future. Well, that's true. That's true. It de- yeah, if you're if it's seven days from the time the contest is over, <laughs> or the podcast drops, you're good. So the contest is going on from January 17th, which was last week, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, to January 30th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you want to sign up, you can go to our Facebook page or our Twitter. You can get the link to the contest. There's some ways to enter. You got to visit our Facebook page, go to YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And we will pick a winner sometime after the contest closes. We're still sorting that out with Board Game Rundown. Because they're doing the giveaway with us, sort of. They have their people doing some stuff. We have our people doing some stuff. And then we're going to meet and see who wins. So if you want the game, you don't have it. Or if you do have it and you want to give it away to somebody, if you win, check out our link and you might be the winner. Or if you don't want it and you don't want to give it to someone, you just want to win for bragging rights. Like, that's really all I would care about. 
to say that you were the winner of our contest and board game rundowns contest. Like, I mean, that's that's a title you could put after your name on your social media account. That's true. There would be at least dozens of people that would know what you're talking that's about. Right. Dozens. 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 We've had, we've had quite a few entries, though. I, I thought you were saying over 100. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like 10 dozens. We're still dozens. See? Good job of the math there. <laughs> 10 dozens. I'm good at math. I'm good at the math. Yes. But, um, yeah, we would love to give stuff away. And we had a, a very generous sweetheart of a donor, anonymous donor, um, Give us that game. It's new in Shrink. It is a really dope, fun game. We've talked about it on many podcasts. We have a Kickstarter, not Kickstarter, a YouTube video over it as well, I do believe. That is correct. Um, so yeah, you should you should check it out and try to win. And Board Game Rundown also uh, give a shout out to them. And you know what? I'm going to do it. This week, my fickle favorite are the dudes at Board Game Rundown. So shout out to you, Bob, Tim, Spence, and yes, even you, Dan. <laughs> even Dan. Even Dan. <laughs> You're my fickle favorites. I have watched not one, but two. Okay, I didn't completely finish the second one. But almost two whole videos <laughs> about board games of their show so their format is kind of similar to us but they do play different games more war games mini games so if you like those kind of things you should check those guys out they're pretty okay they're pretty okay i mean yeah I, i'm not gonna say pretty okay they're just okay that's true they're okay. pretty is probably not a word i'd describe them with but <laughs> smelly yes especially that that tim <laughs> yep I agree. Their news, their news segments are lacking, though. And so um, you definitely want to come here for news. And that's where we're going to head to next is our news segment. First on news, the game I want to talk about. And it's a game that may, that has gotten a little controversy lately. And that game is Pingyao. Now, Jason and I had talked about this previously in a Games Played section. Um, because we were lucky enough to get... Um, access to a review copy that we had to pass on. But um, Ping Yao is a game about the first Chinese banking system, which seems like a really strange theme, but the game is is really good. It's crunchy and thinky and there's moving parts and you're like, okay, gosh, I need to get, how do I get more money? How do I get more bank systems? How do I get more of this? And you're always like wanting to do more things, but you can only... Uh, you just have a really limited number of actions, um, which I think is, is generally a hallmark of a good game for us, is when you always want more, but you're trying to make the best of what you got. I don't love economic games, which this is, but it's still, I think it's a fun, it's a pretty fun game. Um, now, there have been some stirrings that started with uh, a another reviewer, not us, um, that had some really racially and culturally inappropriate comments and perhaps and all kinds of things when they reviewed this game. Okay, people, the game itself is not racist. The ridiculous, ill-guided, uneducated person that thought it would be a good idea to do a review mocking Chinese people, that's the racist problem. So we hear the board game mechanics. We don't tolerate that. We love all the peoples. Doesn't mean we agree with all the peoples. Doesn't mean we have to endorse all their actions. But we love all the peoples with their culture, skin tones, languages, religions, um, festivals, holidays, banking systems. Okay? <laughs> the banking systems. Those people, es though. You got to watch out for those Especially. We, we, we can't stand the <laughs> banking system racists. We are against that wholeheartedly. Um, those cryptocurrency people, you gotta watch out for them. Um, so we want to make sure that Pinyao, it's a good game, especially if you love economy games and you like real crunchy kind of games, like it's a good game. Don't let that kind of controversy put you off of how 
good a game this is. Um, I, I, again, I always love Asian themed games. Part of that is because, again, like, I had a little Japanese grandma, so I grew up in an Asian-themed life. But I, I think there's there's so many great games, um, both in theme and in production, that come out of um, Asia from our Asian brothers and sisters. And um, now this is being brought to the United States, and I think, uh, and Europe, and, I, we, you know, we really want to give it a, a good, fair shake. So don't be scared of Ping Yao. If you want to see what it's about, there's 19 days left on the Kickstarter. Um, the game is 55 bucks, and there's a lot of production, really, for that, that $55. So it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, and there was also some controversy around the publisher being, like, egging on the racism. That is not true at all. Like, I I dealt with the guy who sent me the game. Super amazing. He's been condemning that one reviewer nonstop. So, the game is solid. The company is solid. Back this game because it is amazing. You will not be disappointed. That's right. Sorry, I had to get heavy there. I had to get my teacher voice out. Scold y'all. That's not true. When I teach, I'm always very nice. Why are you not saying anything? <laughs> I was just wait. I was just waiting. I was waiting. I guess it's more like my mom voice. Like that, I do have to bust that out. I didn't think you put on any voice. I thought you were just saying your piece about we love all the people. Okay, okay. It, it didn't sound like a voice at all. You didn't hear me get my soapbox out, and then I got my voice out. That I was like, I mean, I heard the soapbox come out, <laughs> but your voice didn't change. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, hey, 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 what are you doing? Don't, don't you dare cut your eyes at me. That's what I have to tell to my youngest. Yeah, it didn't sound anything like that, though. Okay, okay, good. Because I love the Riveted, but I also hate racism. So I'm not going to deal with that. We don't deal with that here. And the Riveted, you guys are you guys are so far above that. You know better. Y'all know better. Moving on to other news that is more lighthearted, although I guess could be controversial for some groups, and the next thing I want to talk about, which looks really interesting, is called Darwin's Journey. Um, this is about Darwin's journey to the Galapagos Islands. It's worker placement Euro game by some Italians, Simone Luciani and Nestore Mangoni, I think. I don't know. There's been some controversy around Italians, so. Yeah, I, that's really sad. I don't want to talk about that right now. Needless to say, I won't be getting a lot more new games from one of my favorite designers. Yeah. And that's sad. But again, you say things that are dumb, you deserve to get in trouble. So actions. what happens, I guess. Actions, consequences. Actions, consequences. Yep. Ooh, somebody else just pledged. I just saw the number go up on the Kickstarter. That's crazy. Nice. Okay, so in Darwin's Journey, did I actually... I thought I read about this, but none of this looks familiar. What did I read? <laughs> i don't know Th this episode's going downhill it is i don't know what <laughs> happened i was like why does this all look completely unfamiliar when i swear i read it i, I looked at the kickstarter i was like "Ooh, this looks cool like look at all this cool stuff that comes what did board it. game rundown say let's just repeat what they said did they talk about it <laughs> i'm pretty sure not this week oh i don't know then they talked about it last week what'd they say last week i don't know i just <laughs> You have to study, and then you're going to do... So, like, it's it's very, like, interestingly, like, scientific-based. So you're going to study these different disciplines um, because they're all kind of, like, prerequisites to the actions that you're going to do. So, like, if you want to explore or write some correspondence or discover specimens, you've got to actually, like, have the background knowledge to it, which in some ways reminds me of Thebes, where you have to get those cards that give you knowledge of the different areas you're going to dig. The interesting thing is the game is really short. It's only five rounds, so you've got like some small objectives you're doing like in the rounds and you've got like your game objectives in order all the different ways to get victory points, which I really think is great because I love the possibility of having different paths to victory. Now, I don't know that that's exactly how this works, but it seems like of all the, with all the varied actions that you can take, yeah, there are different ways to get your victory points like any good Euro. Also... There are freaking shaped wooden meeples. You get little wooden explorers and workers and wooden tents. And are they shaped like beagles? 
Well, though there is a beagle which is shaped like the ship. No, I mean like actual beagles. No, not like dogs. dogs. Not dogs. They've got these wax seals. There's cargo wax seals, but if you get the upgraded ones, they got like the cool, like squishy wax seals. You got your little animals that you're gonna research. Your specimen specimens, I guess, not animals. So there's lots of like cool stuff actually that comes with it. Like, yes, they do have a a souped up version and it looks like everybody and their mom got a review copy of this not us not us but you know all those other people (laughs) (laughs) which is probably why i don't know enough about it to tell you how to play the game but yeah i haven't watched it i haven't watched any videos on this either so yeah there's just like tracks everywhere so you're doing the research and you're going out and like taking the actual actions as you're going through um Darwin's kind of memories of his adventure through the islands and so kind of contributing to biology and the study of it and his theory of evolution so I, like I don't really care about the theme because I feel like Charles Darwin gets like so much hype is that stupid I don't know I don't know why I like have it out for Darwin I'm like yeah yeah okay we get it um but there have recently been several games like kind of themed around him. And I think the idea of of discovering new specimens and doing the research and cataloging and stuff, that's a really cool idea for a game. And I think that it looks like they've really utilized that um, in this Kickstarter or in this game itself in the design of it, where you're doing some planning and researching. So then you can go and do the actions that help kind of progress these things help progress the research project and the cataloging of it and everything there's like this big map of the islands and you've got all of like your research tracks and your specimen kind of note and it's not like notes but it looks like where you kind of are upkeeping your specimens in like a, I don't know, a specimen box or something it, it just you're putting and you can send them to a museum and lots of stuff happening here it looks like our type of game i mean except the artwork is kind of nice Palo Voto. I'm out. Because it's expensive or the artwork's nice. Because the artwork's <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I don't know if there are any nobles unless you count Darwin. He's not noble. He's a guy in a boat. I think he might. Look at I, animals. I think he's a sir, so I think he had some kind of title. Elton John's a sir. He's not nobility. He's just a guy who's popular that the queen made a knight. Oh, my gosh. Yes, if you get if you get a title, like that's you become part of the nobility. You just can make anybody nobility. I, mean, I, I could become a noble. You no, because you're not a British citizen. If I was famous, I could move to Britain, be like Johnny Depp. Well, then you, I could become a British citizen. Johnny's a French citizen, not. And Whatever. he's controversial. We cannot bring any more controversial things into this episode. We've talked about France, <laughs> Britain, same thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the French and the British will like choke you. They cannot handle that. There's been a long-standing history of those two not getting along. Wow. Okay. You know what? This is like the most... There needs to be... We're going to have to do an explicit warning on this. Like, some kind of warning on this episode. It's just... We're talking about evolution. We're talking about France and Britain. Oh, my gosh. It's just downhill. All right. So, how much is this Darwin So, Darwin's journey. There are five days left to check this out. So that you can get a better idea of how to play it. I've given you some basics about what the game has involved in it. Um, And I shouldn't have made fun of Dan and Spencer's news. Now that I've totally botched this segment about Darwin's journey. You did this news section. It was a big, huge Jason Splane. That's what it was. (laughs) After you said, oh, wait, I don't think I read this. I really thought I did. However, the next game I do have a lot more about. So, Darwin's Journey, there are five days left on this Kickstarter. It is way, way funded because this game looks really good. Um, and so the base game, the basic edition is 55 bucks, which I'd say is, pro- is pretty on par for this kind of a, a game. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Yeah. Which means Jason's probably not going to back it. So That would be correct. Okay, so the last one I talk about, I actually kind of know about this piece of news because, well, I've already played this game before. (laughs) And that is the Castles of Mad King Ludwig's Collector's Edition from Bezier Games. I love Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Love it, love it, love it. And ooh, this one looks so pretty, so pretty. Oh, man. There's like new artwork to it. Um, 
there's like a recess player board uh, or not player board, recess scoreboard. You've got game tray organizers, these weighted player markers. There's new favors and bonus cards. Um, all the expansions are in there. There's uh, looks like two new expansions. There's miniatures and a fifth player option. Oh my gosh. It, the artwork is gorgeous. Like, uh, I'm looking at one of the tiles, one of my favorite tiles, which is the Venus Grotto, because I love the underground basement tiles. Because you always, you have to like row through the Venus Grotto to get to your secret lair. Hello. Um, oh my gosh. The, it's like so rich in color. It's, oh, they're beautiful. It's so beautiful. So there's like the Secrets expansion is in there. The Polish expansions are in there. And then two new ones. The miniatures are like these towers, which is like a new kind of stack of rooms, which I think is really cool. It's like a new shape. Oh, man. I mean, it looks freaking amazing. But I suppose when you talk about amazing, you also talk about amazing in price. <laughs> because... To just get the basic collector's version that I've told you about. Um, we're talking $99. Base game, all expansions, the game trays, eight tower miniatures, the stretch goals. $99. That's insane. There's no reason a game should cost that much money. No reason. It looks so awesome, though. I mean, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. So, um, if you don't have Castles of Mad King Ludwig and you want it, or if you are, you know, like me and love it and love beautiful artwork and beautiful things and also have money to throw around, which is not me, you should check the Kickstarter out. There are 26 days left, so there's a lot of time. It's way funded. It funded in like three minutes. But they were only looking for like $10,000, which isn't that many backers if it costs about $100 a pop. Um, that's true. To be, that is true. <laughs> to be fair, but it uh, it just looks so good, and I I just I really like the game a lot. So I mean, I guess the only good thing for people like us is the fact that um, if you don't have the game yet, you could probably find the non collector's editions maybe cheaper after the collector's edition comes out. Yep, because people realize, oh, I could have just bought this game for thirty bucks, and it plays exactly the same. Um, so this game is really great with the regular version. I mean, you still have all the cool rooms and stuff. And there there is neat artwork on them. It's just not like super detailed, amazing artwork like this collector's edition really promises. But if you're interested, if you love that stuff, and I do, but I don't have $199 to spend on it, check out their Kickstarter, Castle Mad King Ludwig Collector's Edition. 26 days left to go. And that has been news. Crash and burn from me. <laughs> All right, moving on from this train wreck, let's go into my favorite section. And that is games played. And we have played a lot of games because we had a holiday weekend. So that always bodes well for gaming. So let's talk about some. So we played some new hotness. We had two new hotness games on the list that we're going to talk that about. That doesn't sound like us. No, that does, well, I mean, we didn't buy the new hotness, so that sounds like us. <laughs> they came from somebody else, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first game, I think just delivered to Kickstarter backers, I don't know, a month or two or so, and it's called Honey Buzz, and it's from Elf Creek Games, and this is a game about bees making a hive, trying to get different types of pollen to... S complete contracts because that's what bees do they get pollens to complete contracts they're very industrious it's true <laughs> but this is a cool game it's a, a worker placement game where you're drafting different tiles for your your hive or your comb whatever i'm not sure uh and you're put you're building this tableau in front of you and when you get an enclosure like a six-sided enclosure based on the colors of the outline of the hole is the type of uh what is it called it's not pollen um nectar nectar the type of nectar that you can put in that hole so there's a, a another board where you can go depending on how you're playing it you can go searching that board to try to find the nectar that will fit in that hole and that will let you be able to produce some of that nectar on a future action so you can score some points 
it's a really simple game. It's strictly worker pla- worker placement, putting down your comb, taking some actions from your comb or hive, and then cashing in your nectar to either the market for just points or to turn it into um, contract fulfillment to get some more points. So the production's amazing. It looks gorgeous, and I kind of dig it. I don't know if I liked it as much as I think Katie did, but let's hear how much you liked How much did you like this game? I'm sure you liked it. Um... I liked it in that I won quite handily, um, but it was okay. I mean, I, I love the production components. You had little be- beeples, so you had these little bee meeples, which are, like, way cute, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I love that. But also, I really liked, um, and even, like, the nectar had almost, like, a, a sticky quality to it because it was, like, this soft, squishy plastic, which I think is cool. Um, and so the components were awesome. Like that was the, that was a really cool part for me. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think I wanted more to it or something. Like I wanted to have yeah. other types of actions or ways to do things. I, uh, yeah, I think that's my issue is it felt, it just felt monotonous. Mm. Like we got down to the end of the game and I was just trying to find nectar tiles because, I had to take this stupid tile that was a market action, even though I didn't need it because I had to take a tile. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I felt like there needed to be something else. It was, it was, it was fun and it was fine. But when it gets to the end, it just feels like you're, you're limited on what you can do. Right. Well, cause I think the only way that you really can take any actions is by closing a circle, um, uh, in the honeycomb. And I think there needs to be another way to activate things. Yeah, I agree. Because I was struggling to activate stuff a lot because I couldn't complete a circle that I liked. Yeah, I, I didn't love that. Yeah. But I, I think what was there was, was good. I just really wanted more. But the production is awesome. And, I mean, I guess if you want a really lighthearted, easy, very easy game, something that you could play with, like, young gamers, th- this is a good example of that for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that's kind of what starts to bother me is games have such nice production and they look amazing and then I just feel like the gameplay is not as good as it could be if they spent less time on making it look like that and more time on making a more interesting game. Yeah, if they're like some addition additional mechanic, at least one or something. They streamlined it too much and that's that's a problem for me. Yeah. But it's still it's not a bad game. I just don't feel like I need to own it or play it more than once. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so the next game, new hotness game number two, and this is like, I don't know how new this is, but it's new-ish. Everything's new to me because <laughs> right. we don't buy new games. So, But this is uh, Dwellings of Eldervale from Breaking Games. This is a game that has minis. So we played a game that had minis and had bases that make noise. What? That's right. That definitely so, doesn't sound like us. It doesn't. But really what this game is, this is a worker placement game where you're taking these different types of workers out on the board to collect treasure, to build settlements, to get different types of cards, to score points. You may also have some battling, but the interesting thing about the battling is you still get to go to the tile, you still get to take the action, and even if you lose the battle, you're going to get a resource. So there's really no negatives in battling. Outside of maybe not being able to set up a settlement. That's the one negative piece that I saw from battling. The production on this is amazing. It has really nice art. has awesome game tray inserts. Um, the colors look really nice. The There's different shaped meeples for everything. Everybody has like six different little workers. There's a, a wizard, a warrior, and a dragon meeple that you get to control through certain points in the game. You may get to control one of the big huge monsters if you can dominate it correctly. It was cool. It's a good game. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought maybe it was a little long, but we never played before, and our new hotness buddy had only played it once before, so we were also kind of learning. But I dug this. I don't know if it's something I want to play all the time, but it was fun. So what did you think about Dwellings of Eldervale? Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I liked it really bad. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, let me, let me add to that. I had domination on this game. Domination. Yeah, another reason why I'm like, eh, do I like this? Um, it, it it was okay. I think 
My issue with it is there are not multiple paths to victory. Really. I mean, there sort of are, but you have, if you do not, if you're not able to buy cards and build up a tableau, you can't win. Yeah. I mean, you have to basically focus on one color. There's like seven, eight different colors and you're really spending most of your time focusing on one color or you're probably not going to do very well. Yeah. And I just didn't get that. I don't, I don't know. I felt like I didn't understand, like... I sort of understood the game. I mean, I played it with the right rules. Um, but, I, yeah, I also get distracted by, like, all the stuff. I didn't get to fight, like, any of the monsters. Jason just killed them all. I don't know. I killed, I killed every monster he except did. for one, I think. <laughs> and, and I felt like, I don't know, like, I just wasn't getting I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. Like, I couldn't ever get resources. I couldn't get things. And I don't know if I was doing something. I don't know what I was doing wrong. So this might be one of those ones where I played it the first time and I just didn't get it. And I need to play it again so I can step back from the whole learning, trying to make sure I can like do these different pieces and figure out these actions to develop an actual strategy. Like, Yeah. I, the only reason I kept fighting, because that was kind of what my people did. Were you, were you using your people's special powers at all? My people's special powers were like, oh, this dragon can use the power next to it. Or if your if your worker joins a fray, you get a sword. Oh, uh, I got yeah, that's right. Yeah, mine were all like roll extra dice, or you know you get points if you lose or win in a battle and stuff like that. So that's why I was fighting all the time. Yeah, that never happened. I don't, and I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do because it's the title of the game is called Dwellings of of Eldervale. So I thought, oh, I need to make dwellings. So I made. A lot of dwellings. You did. You made like four or five dwellings. You did. I felt like I was doing a good job. That did not result into a win. So I feel like I was misled in that. Um, but I, I couldn't ever get enough uh, resources to actually buy, purchase cards. So I don't, I'm also not very good at games where if you do something halfway, you still get some points. Like that doesn't compute to me. I'm like, well, if I have a goal to accomplish, I'm going to hit all the different things. So if I'm supposed to go here, turn over a new tile and buy two cards, I will not go there unless I can turn over the tile and buy two cards. But if you can at least get one card, that does give you an advantage. And I, I don't know. It just never worked out for me. The downside to fighting is if you lose, which I always did, um, your people go to the underworld and one of the neat things I think about this game is that you place all your workers and then when you regroup and draw them back, um, you can place them sort of again on some spaces on your own board. Now, if someone's in the underworld, they're not able to do that for you. So you kind of lose out on some extra actions there. So that is kind of the bummer for fighting. But it's you still get to take the main action when you're moving into a space occupied by somebody else. So That's true. I was dominating on the fighting, so I didn't really have a bunch of people in the underworld usually. Yeah. So I always got to use my regroup action and go to my cards and get a whole bunch of resources. So resources were never an issue for me. Well, and then, well, you can only get one resource at a time when you regroup. That's no. I had some cards where I could get like three because I was up on the highest on the on the track. Well, then I could never get cards to give me anything else. Like I just, I felt like I could not do anything. I don't know if it was like I picked a bad faction that I don't know how to use. So I, I would really like to play it again. I think there's a lot of cool different moving parts and things and different types of ways that you can play that I, I really am interested in. I just totally felt like a moron. <laughs> the first time I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. Um, in in some ways. Or, and then I thought, I know what's going on here. And then I'm like, nope. When I got to the end square, I'm like, no, you didn't, Katie. You didn't know what's going on here. You did real bad. <laughs> so I would love to try it again. Um, and surprisingly, because it looks like a game I don't know that I would be into. But yeah, it was, I think it's a, I, and I mentioned to somebody else who was asking about it, that it, it, it's a nice bridge between Ameritrash and Euro. So it's got the look appeal and the potential for like dice resolved combat um, while still being a worker placement, like point gainer at heart. Yeah, I think it's like a, a step up from Champions of Midgard. It's that same kind of feel 
where you put your workers out and then you're going to go fight some monsters and roll some dice. It's that kind of thing, I think. Yeah, I could see that. I think that works. Yeah, but it, it was good. I'm glad we played it and I would definitely play it again. All right, so moving on from New Hotness, we're going to go back to a reprint of a Days of Wonder game. We have the reprinted version and that game is called Coliseum. Uh, I'm not sure when this came out, 2007 maybe, something like that. Mm. Um, and this is a game all about trying to put on a show at your own personal coliseum. You're trying to um, get emperors and consuls and senators to come watch your show, get a bunch of fans to come so you can have the most prestigious show over five rounds. And you're going to do that through some auctioning where you're going to try to get some of these little tokens to that are the pieces that you need to put on your show. So like lions, horses, tigers, and bears, oh my, that kind of thing. And then after you do the auction, you're going to get a trade with other people to try to get other stuff that you need that, you know, to help you so you don't have to put on a subpar show. Then you're going to put on your show, and that's where you're going to score your points. You're just trying to do that over five rounds. Whoever has the best show in any round of the five rounds is the winner. So if you can get an amazing show in round one and you can win, good job. Not going to happen, but good job. So... This is a cool game. I like auction games. I like trading games. But at its heart, this is kind of a set collection game. And I really dig set collection. So this was a game that I like. And I'm glad Joel traded it to me. So what did you think of this Coliseum? Um, yeah, it's from 2007. It's, it's, anyway. That was a good guess. Yeah. I just guessed. <laughs> yep. Um, I liked it. I did. Um, I would have liked it more if I had won. But for being a game that's not co-op, it felt like everyone was co-oping against me. Um, I think you'll be fine. I, okay, my my little backstabbiness didn't even cost you the game. It didn't. I I well, I don't agree with that. I still think it it aided and abetted. I lost you four points. You lost by six. So even if you would have gotten that four points, you would have still. I'm lost not just by talking two. about just the four points. There are other things that could have happened that are all related to that. I disagree. Agree to disagree. Okay, I said good. When in Rome, I said good day. Um, I don't, I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> I, I liked it. I liked the idea of set collection. I, um, there are a lot of little different things. It was really hard when you could like, there's this buying phase. So it's like, okay, do I expand my like arena so I can put on bigger plays or do I, um, you know, buy more seating so I get more spectators do I buy a bigger and better play? Like, and I don't, this is another one of those where you can get points for not completely completing a goal because you need all these different required items to put on each production. And you could do it without someone just not get as many points. But I felt really pressured to get all the points. And I don't know, like, you made it seem like, oh, you have to put on a production every round and i honestly don't think you do because i guess since you're, since you're only getting judged for that the best one you probably wouldn't have had to do that but then you're going to have less money because you're not putting on a production yes but then it just makes more sense i'm just going to put on smaller productions to get enough money to save up for a couple of rounds in the middle there to exp get as many spectators as i can to get the biggest um like col uh, Coliseum so that then I can put on a big show, the big shoe and get like, because they, those range really, um, in points. I, you know, some are like four, you know, over 40, like 40 to 60 points. Like you could buy one that requires a lot more items and start building those over time. And then you put on that one really big show and all you need is one. Yeah, I guess that's true. You could do that. I just, I feel like it's not beneficial to do that, but maybe it is. We'd have to try it. I know. Like, I, and, and that's the thing. I think I like, I really did like it enough that, like, ooh, I want to give this more tries and to do different things at different times to see how it might work out. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I thought that the little senators and stuff that you move around, they're like real kooky looking. I wish they just had nothing on them. Like they have these weird faces on them that I don't, I'm not a fan of. They kind of, yeah, they're like cartoons. It's weird. Yeah. When nothing else has that cartoon look about it, which is why it seems so out of place. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's bizarre. So they should have just been a shaped meatball and be done with it. But 
Well, the stickers that were on there were even worse, so I took those off because they were real bad. Oh, I can't even imagine because the the drawing is bad. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we need to take pictures of them and show them. It just seems weird compared to all the other art, which is like real oh, the old school style, almost um, Concordia kind of art. And then you're like, what are these dudes doing showing up here? Like, looking like cartoon dorks. Like, it just was weird. Um, but yeah. I, I think there are, there are a lot of cool things happening. I like that there's, like, some mitigation where you can get these kind of, like, wild chips coming out of the bag that you could bid for. Or you can get extra actions, um, getting these emperor tiles that can allow you to do several different things. I, I really liked it. I think it's one that I, I want to keep kind of bringing back up again and playing somewhat frequently. So I think it's good. Yeah, I liked it. Yep, I like it as well. All right, so those are the games played. Let's get into the feature. So our last episode was about um, push-or-luck games. And we really define those as games that you choose how far you go. Do you stick with what you have or you do keep drawing, flipping, rolling, whatever that kind of mechanism might be, <clears throat> moving. That brought up a good point. <clears throat> there are some games that have a similar feel, like you don't know what you're going to get. However, you are limited to the number of action you can take with those. You can only draw so many. You can only move so far. You can only flip so much. And so we don't want to call those blind bag games. So you may not always be drawing out of a bag. It could be from a deck. It could be from some dice. But the idea is that you are given luck and you're just going to try. How do you make the most of it? And when I thought about this idea, I thought, oh, there's tons of games like that. And then when I sat down to make my list, I was like, crap, I don't remember any of them. (laughs) So these are the three that we each came up with. Yeah, so I picked only games that you pull out of a bag. Um, And one of mine's going to be a stretch, but I'll make it work. That'll be the (laughs) last one that I talk about. But the first one that I want to talk about is a two-player game. It's a two-player bag-pulling war game. And I use war loosely. It's essentially a, a tug-of-war game. You're trying to get more points on your side than the other player in each of these little battles. And that's called Blitzkrieg. The reason I put this on the list is you're pulling chits out of a bag, but you're only going to get to pull three. So when you pull those three, those are the three you have to take actions with. So it's not like I can keep pulling until I get what I want or I could bust. I just get a pull three, and whatever happens, happens. I make the best of it. So... While there's still some randomness in what you're getting out of the bag, you know that you're getting three chits. You just don't know what those three chits are. There's no pressure about busting. You just might get stuff that you don't want. So this game's super fun. The pulling the stuff out of the bag is something I always enjoy. And if you like uh, like two-player tug-of-war games and you don't mind like a World War II theme, this is a game you should check out. And I think you might enjoy it. So the first one of my feature is Blitzkrieg. Yeah, I did not play this one because reasons. It's it's good. I played it with Brandon. It's pretty good. It's just a theme I have trouble with. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine are not all pulling from a bag. And in fact, my first one is definitely not pulling from a bag. It's actually turning decks of cards. So my first game is Fool's Gold. So Fool's Gold is, I we've talked about it before on the podcast. It is a game where you are part of the gold rush in the American West. And you are going to these different areas, mountains, the hills, the forest, the river, the lake. That would be all of them. Yeah, I think there's only five. Yeah. Five different spots. You're placing, it's worker placement. You're placing your miners out there and everyone places their miners at these different spots and you have to pay amounts to have your miners in line. And then each of the binding sites has a deck of cards. The deck includes gold, which is what you're hoping for. It has some gemstones specific to that region. And it's got dirt, some bad weather, and some fool's gold. Hence the name fool's gold. So they get mixed together. And then a specific number of cards is flipped over for each location as if you are mining it. So it's the number of miners times the number of dice that were used there to activate that particular mine. So... While I 
do not get to choose how many cards are flipped and decide, ooh, am I going to stay with this amount of gold or not? I am at then the mercy of the cards that are flipped over, and then I have to make do with what is there. Do I choose the gold? Because you can't have too much gold at each spot. What if there's no gold? What if there's only gems and I already have that gem? Do I wait and like you can do a, a secondary action where you winter and you hang out and do like another flip and hope for the best again? Um, but I love it because I feel like that kind of blind bag draw, um, is really thematic when you're painting for gold. It's like, Ooh, what am I going to get? Am I going to be able to actually get to the gold? Cause maybe there's bad weather in the mountains or, um, maybe I'm going to find what I think is gold and it's not, or I'm going to get too much gold here. And it turns out to not be worth as much as I thought it was. Uh, so I just really love that mechanic in this game. And we got this game for like wicked cheap. It's got, you know, tool art, which I actually like in this game. And that is fool's gold. Yeah, this is a good one. It definitely, it, it feels push your luck, even though it's all predetermined how many cards you're flipping, but you never know what you're going to get. So it gives you that feel, but yet you're not, you know, you're not busting or you're not going to screw yourself over. You just might not get anything. Yes. You're at the mercy of the mind. Yep. All right. So the next game I want to talk about is a game about pulling dice out of a bag. And that game is called Dice Masters. And I've only played this a couple times, so I'm not like a Dice Masters expert. But what you're doing on this is you're going to be pulling four dice out of a bag. You're going to be rolling those dice and you're going to be using the dice to attack your opponent to try to be the first person to either get to 25 or knock the other person from 25 to zero. I can't remember which way it goes because, again, I've only played it a couple times. The reason I put this on the list is you're going to be buying these dice over the course of the game, but when you're pulling the four out of the bag, you never know what's going to come out. So you could pull out your terrible dice. You could pull out four of your best dice in your bag. You could pull out a combination of the two, so you never really know. So you can't accurately plan, and you can't, you know, you you just don't know what's going to happen. I kind of like that feeling. So another example of the blind bag draw that I enjoy I don't love this game a ton, but I liked that part of this game, and that is Dice Masters. Who have you played this game with? We don't own this, and I've never played this before in my life. I played it with Jim. That one day I went over to Jim and Kim's house, and I hung out with Jim and played some games. Huh. We played this, like I don't know, we played like five or six games of this. Cool. Tur- we played Turtles, and he has one other set. I, I can't remember. I don't know. I wasn't sh- super gung-ho on it, but it does meet the criteria of this blind bag draw thing so i wanted to put it on here i mean i believe you i just don't know anything about it which is not a shock i mean i'm sure i've heard the name before (laughs) yeah yeah. that's as far as we go um my next one is totally blind blind drawing one of the first ones when i thought about this particular topic and that is orleans i love orleans you are drawing workers out of a bag you start with a certain number you also can help uh, you can obtain new workers of different types or even of the same types that you really want, put them into your bag, but you are at the mercy of what you draw out of there. And you can only draw so many workers um, based on if you have enough knights, I think if you have. Yes. Knights. Yes. Yep. 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 So you need somebody to protect your workers. You need to have spots for them. I don't, I don't know the theme. I, there probably is no theme behind why that is. It just is. Um. So you could have a bag of 20 different workers, but you could only take out five or six or sometimes three, depending on how you're doing in the night realm. Um, and they could be the same ones are the same type. So once you get them out, you're like, okay, what am I going to do with these dudes? How can I make the best of that? Because you're placing your workers down to create new workers, which or to lead to actions, placing settlements on a map. If you have the expansion, we do the pick up and deliver kind of stuff. Um, you know, moving them to cards to generate things. It's uh, just using whatever you pull out of that bag to try and get yourself the most points. And this game is really good. Um, the One of the new games in the Shem Phillips kind of series, is it the is it Paladins or Viscounts? Paladins. Paladins, it, also very similar. And I thought about putting that on there, but I've only played that once. Whereas Orléans, I've played many times and that blind bag draw, it almost feels push your luck. You're like, come on. I know I got a lot of wilds in there because monks are wild. I mean, not in real life, but for some reason they are in the game. <laughs> they might be wild in real life. Who knows? I guess I don't have. Wild a, and crazy monks. I don't have a lot of close personal monk friends, so I'm not sure how wild the friars are. But um, <laughs> I, it's I, I guess there's a potential for that. <laughs> 
for Wild and Crazy Monks. Wild and Crazy Monks. That would be a totally different kind of SNL skit. It would be. I, yeah, I don't know. We're probably going to offend somebody. This is the sure. offensive episode. All of you monks that are listening, <laughs> I don't mean to offend you. I just don't know if you're wild or not in real life. <laughs> However, in the game Orléans, your character is wild. Um, so you're hoping to draw those monks out. Um, but sometimes you don't. You're like, man, I got another farmer again. What am I going to do with this guy? So, yeah. It's the game where you hope you pull a monk because he's wild. So, yeah, Orleans was my second choice. Yeah, Orleans, I think, was the game that sparked this whole topic and is probably the best example. That and the next one that's on your list, I think, are my two favorite examples. But, yeah, definitely a, a great one. All right, so the next game is the, the last game I'm talking about, and this is the one that I might have to argue my point on. So we talked about this game last week as Push Your Luck, and we're going to talk about it again this week as Blind Draw Pool Game. And that is Clank. So so there's a couple things here. <laughs> you can always say, hey, you're going to draw five cards. Whatever you get, you get. That's a cop-out. I understand. But the reason that I put this on here is because you are drawing dragon cubes out of the dragon bag. And whatever happens could be the matter, you know, could make you either die in the game or keep you alive. There's no push or luck. But depending on how much you make the dragon mad is how many cubes you're pulling out. So it kind of fits this criteria while yes it's not uh like one of the key mechanisms of actually playing the game it's more like a punishment mechanism i still think it counts here because you're still you know what you're pulling out what you're pulling out you can't do anything about it but it could make you lose the game so i feel like it's important so i wanted to list it so my last one clank pulling the bags from the dragon bag or pulling the cube from the dragon's bag I'm sorry, did you mistake our podcast for Board Game Rundown, where you can just willy-nilly like throw out things that you think are vaguely related to the topic at hand? <laughs> Apparently I did. I thought I argued my case pretty well, though. Like, oh, it's a winter-themed game. Well, I saw snow one time when I was holding this board, so clearly it's a winter-themed game. Or there's a white piece in here that that's the same color as snow. Come on. You don't, you don't, you don't think that that works. You don't think the clank bag qualifies because for this. that's not like you. It's not a player action. Yes, it is. If I'd flip, if a that's a not dragon I'm like, Ooh, card, and guess flipped. what I'm going to do? I am now going to draw from the dragon bag. No, no, that's part of the game itself doing its thing. That is not your player action. I completely disagree. If I don't buy a card from the market row, the dragon will not attack. So therefore, it is a result of my action. The dragon card comes out in the market row. I pulled cubes out of the dragon bag. No, it's not at all the same. Agree to disagree. Win in Rome. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> what is wrong with you? We were talking about Anchorman today, and it's just sticking in my head. Uh, really? Anything else you couldn't have picked, but that's what... Well, I, I had another one on here, but I haven't played the game. So I was trying to be a little more, like, you know, truthful and pick a game that I've actually played. I wanted to put Coffee Roaster... Because that kind of functions like a solo version of Orleans where you're picking coffee ingredients out and making cups of coffee. But I haven't played that, so I didn't want to cheat. But I'm sure there are other, there's got to be other games. I try. I looked through like 50 pages of BGG, and what we have on our list is what I feel like are the best ones. Okay. So Clank, no matter what Katie says, it works. So Jason only has two. His list is two this week. <laughs> uh, my last one is a blind bag. And it is actually, there's actually a bag in this one also. Um, and my last one is Thebes, which is basically like Indiana Jones board game version, although less Nazis. Um, so in Thebes, you are digging for artifacts at a couple of different dig sites. And the blind bag is how you dig at the different sites. So you have these like handy dandy little like dials system where... You take the knowledge that you have gained for that particular area of digging, like Greece, Mesopotamia, um, Crete, Palestine, and Egypt, I believe, are the different places. I don't, maybe. The, yes. Okay. That, that sounds correct. That's, yes. At least most of those. <laughs> All right. Um, and then you determine how long you're going to take to dig. And then you pick up the bag that is that dig site. And you pull out the number indicated on your little dial. So there are artifacts of varying, you know, value in there. Like at a, 
you would an archaeological dig. There's also a lot of just dirt in there. And so while you may say, I'm going to spend, you know, like a month there, 30 days there. And I am like so knowledgeable in Egypt. I'm like the leading Egyptologist that ever Egyptologist. Okay. Or whatever. Um, you know, I really, did you just say that? I did. I couldn't, I am the leading Egyptologist that like sleeps in a sarcophagus and I named my kid Tut. I don't, is that better? No. Okay. You're just digging a hole. But it's. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Go to your room. All right. Go to your room and think about what you've done. I was going to say that to you earlier, but I'm afraid. <laughs> I didn't. Um, so you go there and you've got like all this knowledge and you're going to spend all these hours. But again, you're still drawing a certain number of chips out and you could still draw out a ton of dirt. It has happened. And the dirt goes right back in. So someone else pulls an artifact out at that same dig site. All the dirt that they also pulled out with the artifact goes right back in. So I really think, again, this is a really thematic game where at a dig site, you could be really knowledgeable and you could spend a lot of time there, but you still could find nothing, which I think is really the beauty of it. And it has like that, you know, oh, I'm going to go search for treasure kind of feel to it. But again, it's a blind bag draw and you just got to make do with what you pull out. And so my last one is Thebes. Yeah, that is probably my second favorite one on this list. Orleans and that one are the two best examples, I think. Because they're the two real examples, not the crazy stuff that you're coming up with. I said Blitzkrieg and Dice Masters. Those are real. I, I can give you Clank being a stretch, but the other two are fine. Oh, all right, everybody. We've made it to the end of this rough, rough episode. Oh, my gosh. it's 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 been a tough one, I got to tell you. I don't know. I feel like I guess you got to have a bad one. One bad. I mean, I've been doing, what, 100 episodes with you? It feels like it. Uh, like 50, I think. Yeah. Oh, it feels like 100. Every day feels like 20 days. <laughs> so I guess one bad episode in the midst of those 50 isn't bad, right? Oh. If you've listened the whole way to the end of this, you guys are true fans. You're all my fickle favorites for next week. <laughs> I'll try to work some editing magic so it doesn't sound so terrible. I really hope that in post, it turned out to be like a completely different episode. Somebody else is hosting and they're really great. They know all the kinds of stuff and I'm like not in there at all. That's what really needs to happen in post. It may just be intro music. Hi, this is Katie. Hi, this is Jason. And then outro music. We'll see. We'll see. I think that that would probably be beneficial for all of us. Um, if you have listened... I'm sure there are other blind bag or blind draw games that we are forgetting. So please tell us, find us on Facebook, um, our Facebook page. You can comment on the episode post, or if you are not a member of hashtag the riveted, our Facebook group, dude, you need to belong. Like, Oh, wait a minute. I got it. I got one. What? Mercado. I thought about that. You're pulling coins out of the bag based on, uh, you're allowed to pull a certain amount of coins. And then you have to use them. You could get counterfeit. That's true. Um, okay, my number three <laughs> is Mercado. Good. I wish you had thought of that earlier. We are we are batting a thousand on this episode. <laughs> I was looking around, while you were talking. I was looking around. I was like, "There's got to be another one in here somewhere." And then I, I looked up at it. and It was right there. Once again, Jason's already tuned me out. Like on like in real life and on the podcast, not listening to each other, just looking around the room. <laughs> <laughs> so if you thought of light ones, please tell us on Facebook, on our Twitter, on Instagram, um, on our YouTube channel. Not only do we um, have the podcast available where all podcasts are available, but we also put our podcast on YouTube. And I know there are some amazing listeners that listen to us on YouTube. We love you guys. Thank you. So comment there and say, okay, hey, here's some blind bag slash draw stuff that you forgot about, you idiots, because you clearly have lost your minds on episode, what, 153. This is where it derails. This is where we take down the board game mechanics. <laughs> I mean, it's going to have to be worse than this. I mean, pretty okay is this? It's a low bar. I don't think we got to pretty okay today. No, it's not. It might just be O <laughs> or, or K or just K. It's K <laughs> or maybe O K K. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. So please reach out, comment. Feel free to slam us for how stupid we have been this episode. 
Um, we can take it. I promise. We'll you. do better next week. We'll do better next we week. We will. We will. We will do better. We will try to do better. I, I can't promise anything, but it's got to be better than this week. That's for sure. We're gonna do our icebreaker games. <laughs> it's gonna be Lisboa, the gallerist, mm-hmm. uh, Anachrony. Uh, <laughs> Feudum. That's right. Those are those are pretty good. Like first first play games <laughs> for new newbies. Yep. All right. Before this devolves anymore, I've been Katie and I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. if anyone will keep gaming after they've heard our podcast (laughs) keep gaming despite our podcast